Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the lovely podcast, God's Holy Word. This is episode 6 and I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. And today we're going to take a look at a new series and I have entitled it The Good Tidings of the Book of Exodus. Um I thought of this because we had previously gone over the book of Psalms, specifically uh Psalm 106, and part of that psalm discussed the historical and factual data and history of the Israelites of when they left Egypt and we also talked about the goodness of God and how to turn to God not away from God especially in times of trouble and we can learn from several examples from our uh, our Hebrew ancestors and our faith and I thought you know something is drawing me to the book of Exodus it's a really excellent book I really love it And so I want to go ahead and start there. So this might be a slightly longer series, but that's okay because there's so much packed into the book of Exodus. It's definitely not dull. What's interesting is that it's almost like a new beginning, but then you also have the end of slavery for the Israelites. So there are so many threads of stories within this just this single book within Exodus. So let's go ahead and get started. And again, I am reading from the New International Version. This is the Leadership Bible. And I'm going to start uh, with the first chapter of the book of Exodus. So here we go. It says here, these are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his family: Reuben, Simeon, Levi and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun and Benjamin. Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. The descendants of Jacob numbered 17 in all. Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, The Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built Python and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, "When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him." And if it is a girl let her live. The midwives however feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, "Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live?" The midwives answered Pharaoh, "Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive." So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people: Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. 
So this is a really good beginning of what we had previously discussed down the road in terms of Psalm 106 because this starts the beginning of the Israelites journey with this. In in regards to they were doing really well, then they were oppressed into slavery and then God's going to get them to the promised land. So let's go back and take a look at this. So you have all these names listed here at the beginning. That's really good because those are really good descendants. And Joseph, we can go back in another podcast and talk about him. He came into power in Egypt, um and the reason why was because he was an Israelite, he's a Hebrew. His brothers hated him because he was the favorite son out of their family. And um they tried to kill him, but they decided not to kill him, and so they sold him into slavery. And then he was falsely accused of crimes he did not commit. But God was with him the entire time and God got him out of jail and got him to be second in command in Egypt. So the the current pharaoh at that time loved Joseph. Very much loved him, appreciated him because Joseph could interpret dreams. And because Joseph was highly favored, Pharaoh was really nice to him because Pharaoh the Pharaoh at that time knew that there was something special about Joseph. There was a holy calling on his life and he knew that God was with him. Even though the Egyptians worshiped multiple gods, the Pharaoh at that time knew that there was something very unique about Joseph and that he was an Israelite and he was not going to change to a pagan religion and this Pharaoh allowed him to be second in command, basically like a prime minister, I would say, or or a general um in the land of Egypt. and he allowed Joseph to continue to be a an Israelite, a Hebrew to worship his one and true God. Um he gave him a beautiful Egyptian wife to marry. They had children. So by the time we get to here in Exodus, um Joseph and his brothers had died. But by this time the Israelites were so abundantly blessed and fruitful that they were occupying the land and they were very numerous. And whenever you have large groups of peoples back in these days it very much concerned any kings in the area because they they were always scared that these people were going to take over them and going to turn on the Egyptians when in fact what they should have done is they should have just incorporated them into their society let them worship their one true god and we would not have any of this story technically but you know god knew the path that these Egyptians were going to take he knew the next pharaoh was going to be really horrible and several pharaohs were going to be very horrible in regards to this and and mistreat his people but god had a divine plan a divine appointment for every single person that was born here and so we know that we all have a purpose in our life god has a purpose and a plan for all of us and we are all appointed and anointed so don't ever throw away your life for anything don't ever think you don't have value or self-worth you do because god gave that to you so it goes on to say that um but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful they multiplied greatly increased in numbers and became so numerous that the land was filled with them and it says that a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt and so he became very concerned about how many Israelites there were and so he thought it was best to take over this large group of people what i find interesting about this uh, this story right here is that I just wonder how the pharaoh cuz I don't have much knowledge in regards to how pharaohs took over peoples but unless they used war and things like that but what's interesting is that it doesn't say they went to war against the Israelites the Hebrews it says that they enslaved them so I just wonder how if you have this many Israelites if you have more people in your camp and someone's trying to take over you I'm surprised the Israelites 
would not have fought these Egyptians off and just conquered them right then and there. But that's not what happened. That's not how this story goes. And that's not what happened historically. Historically what happened was this pharaoh somehow put taskmasters over all these Israelites and there were there were millions of them, just a ton of them. And somehow he was able to enforce them or enslave them to slavery and enforce his pagan law on them even though they only worshiped the one true God. He still practiced his own pagan religion and if anything I think it probably angered this pharaoh that you know he has all these gods and you and they don't have as many people as the Israelites but the Israelites have this one true god and they are not going to sway from it they are not going to worship something else and so I think that's why the Lord was kind to the Israelites even when they were enslaved he made them prosperous prosperous in their um not necessarily monetary value but in terms of having babies and children and having future generations because back in those days it was considered very 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 important i cannot stress that enough it was considered very important for you to have a family so even if you didn't have gold at least not yet the lord could bless you with babies and so that's what god did for his people he blessed them with large families big time and what's interesting is that that blessing made the egyptian pharaoh very nervous it made him very nervous so much so that the more blessed the israelites were the meaner and crueler the egyptians were to the israelites and what's interesting is that it didn't matter how mean or cruel they were to the israelites they still kept having more babies they still they still kept having large families god still kept blessing them even though they were enslaved god still kept kept blessing them i bring that up because It's very important to realize that even when you are in a situation and you're suffering and you're suffering dearly and you really hate what situation you're in, God can still bless you when you're suffering. And he will make it so that your blessing is seen by others. Basically, there will be people that will see that your life is almost complete hell. But God is going to do something great for you and he will continue to do something great for you even when you or at the bottom of a pit God is still going to bless you in that pit so much so that eventually you will get out of that pit so just because you're going through a hardship that number 1 that doesn't mean you're going to stay there number 2 that doesn't mean that God's not aware of it and number 3 be prepared to be blessed in your pit because that will I don't know, I don't know how else to describe this except to say that you know it's one of those things like let's say you're at a job and you you got overlooked for a promotion or you got overlooked for a raise And if anything you got demoted. Well, guess what God will do? Even in your demotion, God will promote you. He will find a way to get you a raise and an even bigger bonus than you would have received before. Even though you're not happy, God is still taking care of you. So the way that that should impact us is, okay, I may not like what's going on right now. But I can be blessed wherever I am, whether I'm in the city or the field or if I am in a pit or a cave it doesn't matter where I am God's blessings are going to are going to hunt me down and help me they're going to bless me that is how God works so even though his people were not happy at this time they were still remembering God they were crying out to God because they were suffering so much and so that's why he continued to bless them it goes on to say So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, meaning they didn't have a choice. They had to do this labor or they would have been killed. 
and they built Python and Ramses as store uh, as store cities for for Pharaoh. Now, if I remember correctly, these are places um for grain, and I'll research this just to make sure I'm correct on it, but um if I remember correctly, Python and Ramses um were store cities for Pharaoh because they had granaries um that were specifically reserved for their false gods so that they would take they would take food into these different temples of these different gods they would prepare these really luscious meals for these false gods and they would do this every day multiple times a day and it could only be done by priest that had whether they were male or female because there were female priests back then um in the Egyptian uh, religion and um they had shaved heads they they were one of the few people that brushed their teeth every day i mean they were very cleanly or very um very clean people very neat and tidy because you had to be completely clean and spotless in order to go in to these pagan worship temples and to feed these gods from the granaries so i'm pretty sure that's what that's talking about there but the more they were oppressed the more they multiplied and spread so the egyptians came to dread the israelites and worked them ruthlessly You know what that reminds me of is when I was working in retail years ago and I worked with some people that were really mean and cruel to me. And if they could steal my sale, they they would take the steal. They they were just they would do anything to gossip behind my back, they would lie about me, they would try and steal my sales. But you know what's interesting is the more um the more they were cruel to me, the more successful I was at my job. And I truly believe that the more that that people stole my sales, the more God brought me customers that would buy thousands of dollars worth of product instead of just, you know, $50 worth. I had sales way over a thousand or two thousand or three thousand sometimes. So whenever people do things like that to you, just know that God is going to make up for what the enemy has done to you. Because whenever something bad happens to you like that, that's the enemy coming at you full force, and he will use people to do it. And it's very disappointing, but it's kind of the same way there. Like I knew that even though I did not like my job, I did not like what was happening, I still chose to do the right thing, show up, do a really good job, because my name and my reputation are on the line at any job, just like you know the same for you. And that's how you need to view your work: is that even though you may hate your job, you may not like your job. you don't appreciate how people do not appreciate you it's still your name and your reputation on the line so it's it's those moments of frustration and hardship that really matter because it's a test because these people they tried to test me all the time i mean these these women especially these women they were like vipers it was like a snake pit where i worked and they did everything they could everything they could to try and get me to curse because i was one of the few people that would not use the lord's name in vain I did not use curse words. I mean, unless I stubbed my toe, and even then I would bite my tongue. But I mean, they were so cruel to me at times. They wanted me to fall. They wanted me to fail. They wanted to frustrate me so bad that I would curse or react or not be kind to them because they wanted a reason to get me fired. They had no reason to get me fired. And not only that, because of what happened to me there and how hard I worked and I just kept relying on God, I got promoted twice at my job and I got two raises. and a bonus and then I got a really good uh vacation pay um when I left that job. So, you know, whatever those people did to try and hurt me, it actually brought me out better than when I went in, if that makes sense. So that's how God uses things like that to reward you because he hears your cry, he knows what's happening. You are not forsaken, you're not forgotten, you're not orphaned. 
He always has you in the palm of his hand. He always has you in mind and he sees what those people are doing. And so what's interesting is that whenever I got promoted, it 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 literally pissed people off, excuse my language, but it really angered people. And there were some women that came up to me and said that should have been my promotion. They didn't know what they were doing. You don't deserve that. It's me that should get it. Me, 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 not you. Like really horrible way of talking to me. And it was just shocking how some of these women just behaved towards me. Like they hated me so much. It angered them that I was promoted and the, some of these people they they did everything they could to lie cheat still for me. And they did not want to see me promoted. And plus also I got promoted to better and classier departments and that really made them mad. Cuz you know the more they lied about me, the further down into their pit they went. So I look at it this way, sometimes people are oppressed for for no good reason. For no good reason. It's very unfortunate. And there's some people they deserve what they get. And so some of these people I worked with when they didn't get raises and when they got moved to other departments that were kind of the crappy departments, they deserved it because they had a behavior problem. And management knew that. And what I found interesting is that management would would not fire these people. I was thinking, man, why can't you get good kind people that don't behave like this? But I just looked at it as an opportunity to let my light shine, to do the will of God, to be a good holy woman as much as possible. And believe me, I was frustrated. I may not have been cursing out loud, but believe me, I was cursing like a sailor in my head. Like I may curse like a sailor sometimes, but I've I've never been in the navy because it gets very frustrating out there in everyday life. And there's no excuse to talk like that, but I mean, there's a lot that I don't say. I get quiet, and sometimes when I'm quiet, I I'm trying to do the best I can to be respectful by not saying anything because what I want to say, I know is not the correct thing to do. So whenever someone was bothering me at my job at this retail place, I would just walk off and I would start reorganizing stuff. I would I would redo the the floor plan in the store. I would redo what's called the floor set. And I kid you not, every time I started working and I started redoing a floor set, a customer would come up and say, "Hey, you know, can you help me with that that that?" Like I didn't have to go find customers. They found me. If that's not the goodness of God, I don't know what is. Because what really irritated these women that I worked with, and I worked with a few men, but men didn't always behave like this. I'm not saying that they were great or anything, but you know, because everybody has their flaws. But I mean, I pr- I mostly worked with women in terms of this retail situation. But what was interesting was I hardly ever had to go find customers; they were finding me, and I knew that was the goodness of God. And even though I was pissed off, I was angry about how I was being treated. I recognized that that situation was not about me, and that God was trying to bless me. in that situation. He he was trying to bless me. He knew what I was going through and what I mean by that situation wasn't about me even though I was suffering and I was having to deal with some really bad people in my life that I worked with. When I mean that it's not about me, it's that I have no doubt that God was trying to correct these women. He was trying to help them realize they shouldn't be, be uh, they should not be behaving like that. They should not be acting like that. So just know that when something's going on that how were this like whenever you're being oppressed just know that your oppressor has God's attention big time and he's trying to work on them he's trying to help them he's trying to help them repent he's trying to help them to change and he's giving them every opportunity to do good but 
look at what happens here in in Exodus. You know, I have no doubt that God was giving Pharaoh every chance to be kind to his people, but the more Pharaoh turned down the opportunity to be a good person and to believe in the one true God, the more God blessed his holy people, which in our day and age would include you and me, because we are included in God's holy family when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in our heart and our soul and our mind and everything in our life. Because I'll give an example like even though There were some days I did not want to go into work. I just thought, you know, I I don't know why God I don't know why God has me here. I don't get it. I literally was like, I don't get it. I'm a good person. I'm trying everything I can to not tell these women off. Like I did not even eat with these women at lunchtime. They were so hateful and horrible to me. I mean, there were a couple of nice workers, but we hardly ever worked the same shift. I was like, oh, just put me around good people. Put me around good people. It never happened. <laughs> you know, it just never happened. And I laugh about it now, but I was super pissed off about it back in the day. But um, you know, what I learned to do from a young age, um because I'm Irish and French. So, um the part of me that's Irish, um when I know that when I get angry, that I need to use that anger for good, not for bad. And I I recognized that when I was a little girl. Cuz I was like, man, I know I can get mad about stuff like you know and it's not just about getting my way it's always about hey you need to do the right thing why aren't you doing the right thing like that kind of stuff used to bother me when people were just or kids were just blatantly cruel i was just like what are you doing like you know right from wrong why are you why are you behaving like this like to see such sinful behavior at such a young age really disturbed me so it really created this right and wrong black and white extreme kind of thinking um even when i was a little girl So I recognize that you know my natural nature is to stand up for what's right and if I see something that's going down wrong I'm going to speak up and defend whoever needs help here but when it's me that needs help it it's kind of difficult sometimes for me to stand up for myself so what I would do with my anger instead of acting on my anger is I would use my anger as energy and what I mean by that is that every emotion that we have produces some sort of um energy. And so instead of using my anger to tell someone off, which I was very tempted to do, but I never did, and um whenever I did have to correct somebody, I made sure that I was super kind and nice about it because I didn't want anything to come back on me and then be like, "Aha, I caught you, Christian. You're you're a fake." I didn't ever want to give someone an opportunity to behave that way towards me because believe me, they were waiting to pounce on me. And these were so-called fellow Christians, some of them. Some of them I don't know what they were, but You know, the sometimes Christians can be really mean and cruel to each other, and I don't know why because you would think they wouldn't do that, but they do. But so what I mean about whenever you're frustrated, what I would do whenever I was frustrated or angry, I would say, "Okay, how can I use this for good?" Because I know I have a righteous anger. I know I'm correct in being angry about what's happening to me because I don't like it, but that doesn't ever give me an excuse to be mean, hateful, or act in a way that is unbecoming. of a good holy christian woman because i know that i am a follower of christ jesus and i know that if if jesus can control his temper i can control mine because i'm following christ and i'm i'm doing everything i can to be good natured and it is really hard sometimes when you're dealing with really evil people or people that they may not be extremely evil but they're heading that way with their decisions So I looked at it as okay, I'm pissed off in this moment. I'm very bleeping angry about what's happening to me and there were some really tough situations. 
I just thought, you know, I, whatever anger I have, it's obviously got my heart rate up. So I'm just going to pretend that I am going to go redo this entire wall of clothing. So I had, believe me, I had a lot of um, anger at what was going on because also management would not fire these people, even though they had every right to do so. And I knew that Oklahoma was an at-will state, and they refused to fire these people, even though they could have easily fired them for no reason whatsoever. Even though they did have a reason, they refused to do what's right. That also angered me, that my employer valued money more than they did my life, and more than the work environment, the safety of the work environment. So I just used my anger to give me energy to do even more work. I tell you what, I resized, oh goodness, I think it was the entire, was it the east wing or west wing of the store that I worked at. I was so angry because I just avoided these people. I was like, look, if these people can't be kind to me, I'm going to go to another section and I'm not going to steal sales like they do. I'm just going to reorganize everything. And you know what? Because a lot of these workers were lazy. They're like, oh, you want to reorganize our stuff, but you're not going to steal our sales? Yeah, come on over. We would love that. We love you, Leslie. Come on over. So I was like, thank God. You know, I found relief in my anguish by avoiding the pitfalls of getting angry at people. Because I knew that I wasn't fighting people. I was fighting the, the enemy, principalities. You know, you're fighting things in the spiritual realm, even though... You're also dealing with the natural realm, and so I would just go to these areas of the store, and it was a pretty large store. It was a two-story, really large, uh, fancy retailer, and I would I would always ask these other departments, "Hey, can I come over and reorganize your stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And some some of them would ask me, "What's going on?" I was like, "Hey, you know, they're just not being very kind to me over there. I need some distance, and I, I don't want to lose my temper. I just thought said I don't want to lose my temper. I don't want to say something I'm going to regret. So can I just come over here and reorganize your stuff?" And, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to steal your sales. If a customer comes up and says they need help with something in your department, I will send them to you. You know, you know, let me know what the sale is, and I'll send them to you. I was like, I'm not here to steal your sales. I just need a break from my area. And they're like, Wow, it's that bad. You know, the ones that actually cared about me, which were few and far between, um, they said it's that bad over there. I said yes. I was like, But you know, my employer is paying me to be here. And I look at this as an opportunity to learn more about the store. I can learn more about these brands. And you know what? Maybe if ever I have a client in my section, you know, if ever you know they come to me and want to know about my products, but they also want some of yours, can can I just walk them over to your area and then you can help them? You know, then we can split the sale. And they're like, really? I said, yeah. I was like, I don't. I'm not here to steal sales. I would rather help somebody. And really, the only way I can help somebody is to learn what you do. And I think this is a good opportunity, number one, for me to get away from from some bad people that I know they are stealing my sales. But I would just rather have peace. I, I just really want to get along with people. I don't want hardship. I don't want misery. And it's really tough over there right now. I just laid it on the line with some of these people because if if they asked what was going on, I told them straight up. And even if someone wasn't, you know, what's interesting is that there were some people that they could care less if I was suffering, but it's like they wanted the dirt. So I just told him straight up what was going on. I just said, "Look, I'm not gossiping. This is not dirt. You asked me an honest question. That's the honest answer. So I'm just letting you know this is how it is. This is what's been going on, and this is my request. Can I come into your area and reorganize your your, your clothes? You know, do you need me to put sale tickets on things? Do you need me to scan things? Do you need me to lift boxes? I was like, I can take my heels off because at this time we had to wear heels and pantyhose, and so. I would just always ask, and I'd tell them straight up what was going on. And you know what? I made more friends that way. It was so strange. 
I, you know, I knew I, I could not win over the people that I was working with. And I had no intention of winning over anyone because I, I don't believe in pandering to people. I don't believe in buying friends because you can't buy friends. Either people like you or they don't. And so I found that when you just say it like it is and you are just blunt, like sometimes brutally blunt, like just say, hey, this is what's happening over there, but I'm not going to let that get me down. You know, can I come over here? And you just tell them straight up, I'm not here to steal your sales. I already know I'm good at my job. I already know that, but. You know, I just kind of need a break from what's going on over there. And so that's how I handled my anger. I knew that my anger was a righteous anger because God gave us the ability to get angry because, you know, anger, when you get angry about something, it's, it's 99.9% regarding something that has been done against you or to you that is, that is completely illegal, immoral, or unethical. So when you get angry, you should not feel guilty about that. Anger is what God gave us to recognize when we are being violated one way or another. It's what we do with our anger that makes or break our character and makes or break our future. Because I didn't, believe me, I so wanted to tell some of these bitter Bettys off. I really did. And I didn't even call them bitter Bettys. I so wanted to. Uh, listeners, you have no idea how bad I want to just rip these women a new one verbally. Because I am really good um With telling people off, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I guess that's a natural talent. But I made sure that um, that I did not give in to my flesh, and I did not give in to that temptation of really wanting to be brutal um, with my words with these women. And so, what ended up happening was I made friends in all these other departments, and I actually helped their sales grow tremendously by like thousands of dollars per day. And so that got the attention. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me get a drink here. Hold on just a moment. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Got something stuck in my throat. Um, but anyway, um, that got the attention of management. And, um, you know, they saw that, you know, they knew it was going on. And they saw these bitter women for what they were. And they were women, uh, bitter women of all ages. I think women can be bitter at different stages in their life. And I think bitterness is such a horrible sin to commit because you're missing out on the goodness of God And you're missing out on getting to know really good, kind people. And you're also destroying your reputation. You are ruining your character. And you're separating yourself from God when you're bitter. And it's very easy to get bitter for whatever reason. But just because something is easy, that doesn't mean we should do it. So but anyway, um, management took notice of me. And I guess some of these employees that I had never really got to know before, um, they actually... went to their uh, their managers and said, hey, you know, th this chickadee from this other department, she's having a hard time in this other department, but she took the initiative and came down and asked us, asked us if we needed help with anything. And what's interesting is she didn't steal a single one of our sales, not one. If anything, she gave us sales, and she wanted to learn more about our department. You know, is there anything that we can do to help her? I didn't know that was going on um, at all. Because because of how, um, how do I word this? I, I was expecting to be treated like dirt. I could totally use another word that is equivalent to horse manure, but I was, I was expecting to be treated like trash because that's how I was being treated in my department. And so um, I didn't know that the, these people, they, they were seeing me in a different light and they were not believing the lies and the gossip of these really horrible women. 
and that um you know God was taking care of me the entire time even though I mean I didn't I did not necessarily feel distant from God I was just really pissed off about what was going on at my work because it's like I was trying so hard to be successful because I wanted to move up into management that was my goal um I wanted to sell so much that that I would become a district manager and um while I was at that job I actually got recruited to go work for a software firm and I I went that avenue instead but my goal was to move up into management and um get promoted to the corporate office in another state that was my goal and I think that really pissed off some of the women I worked with because they were so used to just being lazy and just having a mediocre life and if if that's what someone wants if you're listening and that's what you want is a mediocre life then that's what you're going to get because what you want is typically whatever you're striving for is what you're going to get and these women they couldn't stand the fact that I had goals I had hopes I had dreams like they did everything they could to break me and it did not work um because see here's how I look at um I am Irish and French but the good thing about about being Irish excuse me is that um we we are very stubborn and unfortunately the word stubborn can mean something very negative but you know to me that is such a lie to say oh you're so stubborn you know it's it's not good to be stubborn actually it is because the irish are very tough at fighting and we refuse to give up so if ever someone has told you that you're stubborn just let that roll off your back and realize that being called stubborn is actually a com- a, a compliment because I look at it this way. When you're stubborn, you refuse to give up and you have endurance. And you you have perseverance. And I know that for a fact because at almost every job I've had, especially at that retail job, you had to have uh, persistence and endurance to get through the crap I went through. And so, whenever someone, you know, growing up, I didn't always like the adults I was around cuz sometimes they'd be really mean and just say horrible things to me, but One of the things I couldn't stand was they would tell me, "Oh, you're so stubborn." And it wasn't that I was stubborn per se, it's that I didn't want to do what they told me to do because I didn't agree with what they were saying. Unfortunately, though, whatever adults tell us as, <clears throat> as children is sometimes what we think is true. And so I had to learn to reword the negative things that were going on in my mind, so I learned that I'm not stubborn, I am persistent and I am consistent. and that made me one of the best workers um at most of my jobs. I mean, I know there are people that cannot perform me in other ways, but when it comes to my particular skill set, I am pretty much the best at it. And at almost every job I've had, I've gotten promoted, I've gotten raises, I've gotten bonuses, and um it always gets the attention of the higher-ups because I'm always in tune with wanting to move up um the the corporate ladder. And if I have to start out at the bottom, I'll do it. And that's what happened at this job. I started out at the bottom. Well, second to the bottom because I didn't start out on the dock. The bottom at this place would have been working on the dock. And so I I was second to the bottom and I moved on up. And that really made these women mad, but I just wanted to emphasize here that even in my misery, God helped me. He brought me the right people and he gave me the opportunity to realize that hey just because you're pissed off doesn't mean you have to be mean not like these women cuz I'm not a mean person I'm very guarded with my tongue I'm very guarded with my attitude and um I do everything I can to not wear my feelings or my heart on my sleeve because I've gotten my heart broken in the past and I was like I don't ever want that to happen again but at the same time 
in order to move forward you have to trust people and sometimes you get your heart broken every now and then with that but not as bad as in times past but my point is this is that even though people were oppressing me i overcame that by being the the better person and by helping out other people that i didn't expect them to help me at all because i didn't think they liked me because i was so used to people believing all the bs lies about me and um treating me like dirt that's just like well you know you know if they're going to treat me like dirt what else is new at least i can do my job and i can get away from the really bad people and just go to this other department and what i didn't realize was that all this excuse me all the sales that i had excuse me let me get a drink my throat is extremely dry this morning hold on just a moment okay i need to drink more water throughout the day okay so um what i didn't realize um uh, was that when you sell other items in other departments sometimes it's double or triple when it counts towards your quota and i didn't know that so because these other departments started to really like me and i was making their department look really good i could go pretty much to any department after that and sell whatever i wanted like the even the associates didn't mind me coming down there and selling stuff because they knew that i was a good moral um honorable person and i have integrity i was one of the few people at this place of employment that had integrity and they they didn't care that i came down there and sold stuff because i knew they knew that i was going to bring them um customers as well not only for myself but for them like if ever a customer approached me and they had no interest in my department i would walk them straight down to an associate and i'd almost always go almost always go to an associate that i knew needed help with their quota they needed help meeting their sales for the day and that really got their attention that hey i can show you how to sell even if you don't want me to sell in your department which they did because i'm really good but i can show them how how i am successful and so i ended up training some of these people and helping them get their sales up where it needs to be so that they will not only meet their quota but exceed their quota and um that's one of the ways i got promoted i got promoted twice got two raises i got some bonuses and um it was it was really good and i uh, i qualified for a uh, a discount um that i had not before so um even in my agony in my misery because i continued to honor god and i chose to look at the positive god rewarded me and i think that speaks volume in our lives big time and if that can help you that's great um you know because i know that that's a a a a real everyday situation and i have no doubt that you know retail is still difficult sometimes i think the hours have gotten better due to covid but this was way back in the day when employers would blatantly exploit people's schedules and not care that they had a life outside of work um the act this employer actually discouraged you from having a life outside of work and that's one of the tips that we had with management at least i did Because I would fly out, tell them, "Hey, I make you look good, but just because I make you look good, you're not going to walk all over me. That's not going to happen. So if you're allowed to have a private life outside of work, so am I. If I want to go to a museum or if I want to do something on my free time when I'm not getting paid, that's my time, not your time. I don't need permission to go live my life. Like I gave you my availability, and if you schedule me during a time when I'm not available and I don't show up, that's your stupidity for scheduling that." and that actually happened with the supervisor and she got in trouble for that. But it's one of those things like you still have to uh, stand up for yourself even though I was being blessed, I still had new hurdles to jump. It's kind of like what Joyce Meyer says, there a new level, new devil. <laughs> she is so right. 
And I wish I, I had been uh, listening to her messages in my 20s. It would have greatly helped me because that's when this happened, um, this whole retail situation. But anyway, um, I will go ahead and end this podcast, and uh, we will finish up on um, the rest of those scriptures in the next podcast. So until next time, I pray that, you're, that you are happy, healthy, and whole, and that you're having a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Don't let this world go down